another Tim Gillette show. I love this because, you know, as our year is winding down and we're kind of winding down to the end of season seven here, all right, with the podcast, we're still meeting very, very cool and interesting people. Today's guest, no different. Someone that, you know, we had a brief chat and I'm sure we'll try to pick, point it out on the conversation today, but we said we've met before. We just can't picture where it happened. So that being said, we're going to actually get to know our guests today, have a good time while we are live on air, and I'm going to get to know Adam, because I really, I don't know him personally, and this is why I have a podcast, to get to interview and know the coolest people on the planet. So let me bring him up here, and we'll find out all about him. Mr. Adam, welcome to the show. Tim, I am singularly honored to be here today. I've been looking forward to this for more than a minute. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned in the green room, I think of you every time I fix my hair in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? You're a sharp guy when it comes to hairdressing. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> um, I'm glad I haven't had to go there yet. So hmm. I, I think I used to have a pin... Uh, I got it for a buddy of mine when we rode bikes, all right? A buddy of mine who had a bald head, and I basically bought the pin and gave it to him. I said, now, you can officially wear that. And it said, uh, um, hairdo by Gillette. So, nice. Yeah. And, yeah, he shaved his head, too. He was a biker friend of mine. Shaved his head, but had his big old goatee. You know how bikers are, yeah. 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 So, anyway. So, Adam, what part of the country are you uh, tuning into us today from? I am here in sumptuous, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, the hottest city in America, as I like to say. I've I've, I've taken a gamble and come through there a time or two. <laughs> That's very punny. As a matter of fact, all right, I will tell you a unique story. The very bef Just before the pandemic, I flew, I spoke in Orange County, California, flew out of John Wayne, to Vegas, and then Vegas back here to Dallas. One of the last few flights, and that was the deadest I've ever seen the Vegas airport. Yeah, it's usually, not, it's usually not a dead airport by any means. I mean, no. we're at the point right now, at least as of our conversation, that uh, some of our garages are so full from so many people being on airplanes on extended flights that they've had to close some of them down. Wow. Wow. Just, yeah, mind-blowing. I mean, and I, and I, and I just, I, it was a unique experience. Because, like, first of all, to see the Vegas airport empty is unique. That thing operates 24-7, yes. man. Oh, yeah. All right? And it was the first time I'd ever seen it. And I do know that I was there right about the same time, because uh, I listened to Mike Rowe's podcast, all right? And I'm a big fan of Mike Rowe. And uh -huh. Mike Rowe was at a convention that basically, th like, three weeks later on his podcast, he spoke about it. I'm like, I was there that day, right? He's talking about wow. trying to get a flight out of Vegas back home, and he couldn't. All right, and one of one of uh, his spawn, one of the people who knew him, put him, got him home on a private plane. But I'm like, he's talking about the day, and I'm like, yep, I was at the air, I was at the airport that day, and I wished I would have seen Mike because I'm a fan of his. Hmm. But anyway, yeah. But Vegas is an interesting town. Yeah, it um, is. I've been through. I'm trying to think out there that I know. I know James Malinchak out there. I don't know if you know James. Oh yeah, I've, I've James uh, Malinchak and I go back 
well over 15 years at this point. In fact, the very first seminar I ever attended once I jumped into entrepreneurship was one of the early college speaking boot camps. Now, this was back when they were in small conference rooms and there were 40 people there. So I was already in the James Malinchak environment before he reached the arenas, before Secret Millionaire and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met James for the first time just after Secret Millionaire. Yeah. And it's funny because like I seen him and I'm like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. Right. And it's like I, I don't watch much TV live, but that was like one mm-hmm. of those shows I caught. Right. Because, you know, yeah. James, it was highly publicized because James just a public, uh, you know, a PR guy. He'll just get it out there. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I've seen it. But I didn't know that I was seeing it, knowing I was going to meet that guy within a matter of weeks. So uh-huh. it, was really, it was a really cool thing to actually connect with him. Yeah. And there's yeah, yeah, and there's a small world thing between me and James. He grew up about 20 minutes from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's six years older than me chronologically. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that a couple of his cousins are friends with a couple of my cousins. Uh, and somehow I'd heard the name Malinchak. I, I didn't know why. I just yeah. I when I became an entrepreneur and I was invited to uh, attend that college speaking boot camp, I was going with a client of mine, and he said James Malinchak. I'm thinking Malinchak, Malinchak, Malinchak. Where have I heard that name from? Yeah. He uh, so uh, you you grew up on the western side of PA or yes Ohio? I did. Yeah. Yep, you knew it. Yeah. Um, because I, I I knew I grew up in PA. I grew up in the eastern side. I was born in Scranton. Okay. Yep. So I'm eastern side of I-80. You're western side. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> so, you got it. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because I always tell the stories. Um, I just actually was this last weekend. I was down in another friend of mine's from from Pennsylvania, uh, who lives down here in Texas now. Sandra D. Robinson. I don't know if you know Sandra. She's a. I she's have a, that now. That's another name that I've heard. Yeah. Sandra yeah. and I say same thing. Pennsylvania. And I always tell the stories of success stories. People who get out of Pennsylvania. And it's just something like, you know, it's almost like the it's like the restrictor plates were taken off the NASCAR when they get out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> they shoot, man. They just go because there's something that just like we felt when we were there, we were bogged down and we get out and it's almost like, wait, we we, we have the freedom to do this now and we take off. And if yeah, you, well, I mean, growing up there, you've probably seen the same thing. Well, I, I can tell you this much. Uh, once I got into attending seminars and I picked up some clients on the West Coast and in Nevada, I found that I was frequently traveling to the part of the world I live in now. Los Angeles, San Diego, Phoenix, Las Vegas. Yeah. And it got to the point where I thought, you know, well, actually my accountant did a bit of this thinking for me. And he pointed out that my credit card balances were starting to skyrocket with all the uh, travel expenses we were floating. Yeah. And he put, planted the seed in my mind, like, dude, why don't you just move there? And then I started thinking about it. And I realized that when I came out here, it felt like I was headed home. But when I went back to Pennsylvania, it was sort of like I was going out of town. I was going away from home. Yeah. So I was given, I, I decided that I was going to make the move. I co- had it coincide with when my lease on my apartment expired in Pittsburgh that particular year in 2013, just to spare myself the issues of yeah. having to deal with you know cancellations and things like that. Also gave me all summer to plan for it. And I picked Las Vegas because... Cost of living wise, once you average everything out, it's actually pretty close yeah. to what you and I experience in Pennsylvania. The cost of living are actually very similar. You just pay for things in different ways. Yeah. Uh, and it's within driving distance of those other three cities I mentioned, Los Angeles, San Diego, and Phoenix. In fact, 
the best way I know how to describe it is, and I'm going to try and do this in reverse so that it looks right to your viewers. So here's Las Vegas, yeah. and you've got San Diego, Los Angeles, and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And either way you look at it, it's about a five-hour drive, which yeah. is a piece of cake. I, and I've done every one of them myself yeah. on a motorcycle or a car or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, and it's, you know, it is. It's, but I always said... If you're going to be a speaker, the unique thing about Las Vegas was, you know, you can get a flight out of there day or night. Piece you know what I mean? I mean, we're, we're, major, we're a major hub. One of the most trafficked airports. Uh, and I know a lot of speakers who live there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and, and some of them, I've spoken with some of them, came here for that reason, because it's such a travel hub. Yeah. Now, uh, one final point I want to make is I've met so many people that I had known through online experiences for years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing I've discovered is everybody passes through Las Vegas eventually. Yeah. So um, another one, I had somebody on there last year. I don't you know, Scott McCain. Do you know Scott? Oh, yeah, I know Scott. Yeah, Scott McCain. Uh, another one. I, I didn't know Scott had a Vegas. I know he's from Indiana. Oh, originally, yeah. but he had a Vegas. A Vegas where is where he lives. Oh, yeah. He's and lived here for same, a long time. Yeah. He, and he basically said the same thing. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's very, very you know, convenient travel hub to get in and yeah. out of. So, and that is one thing good about there. Now, um, when you do a lot of your traveling to speak, are you speaking in Vegas or are you speaking out of Vegas now? Well, right now, as of the time we're having this conversation, this is subject to change from later. Um, I'm more of a regional speaker. So mm-hmm. I uh, will speak in Las Vegas or basically any of those cities I mentioned, anything within, within driving distance. I was never a big fan of air travel. I'm not I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not afraid of it or anything like that. But actually, as I mentioned a moment ago, part of the reason I picked Las Vegas is because it was in driving distance of three other cities that I enjoyed and had frequently had reasons to visit. I love the idea of a good road trip. Yeah. Now, I mean, road trip, it's funny you said that because I had this two weeks ago, I had to run to San Antonio for the weekend. And uh-huh. uh, from Dallas to San Antonio, eh, probably about a little more than four and a half hours drive. Yeah. All right, but but if you go to the airport, all right, wait in line to get your flight, all right, it could take you mm-hmm. about two and a half, maybe three, and then you got to rent. By, and by the time you get out, I'm going to rent a car, right? So I'm like, I'm just going to drive yeah. there, right? Same thing with Houston from Dallas, same thing. But uh, you know what I mean? I, I got to like middle of the night, I hopped in my car at I don't know eight o'clock at night, and was in my hotel in San Antonio at midnight. So it's like. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's the other thing too, and I and I've done similar mathematics. In fact, I think I wrote an article about this once. Uh, by the time you deal with getting to the airport early, standing in this line, standing in this line, the hurry up and wait here, the delays, the reconfigurations, the on the ground, and then waiting and waiting and going here and going there, and at every step of the way, there are people lined up just waiting for the opportunity to boss you around. Yeah. Whereas when you drive, well, I get in my car whenever I feel like it, and I just go. Yeah. And if I want to stop for a break, I stop for a break. If I want to plow straight through, I plow straight through. And when I'm there, I'm there. Yeah. So, and I did it when I first started out, Adam, uh, in my speaking, in in the early years, uh, 2010 through about 2014, I did uh, motorcycle. So I was riding my Harley to places. And I remember riding my Harley to Vegas. Nice. Uh, my friend Jonathan and like him coming down going, Oh my gosh, man, you got a pretty cool ride, you know? And yeah, yeah, it was cool. But yep. you know, that was just exactly what I wanted to do at the time. Boy, that wore me out though, real fast. I realized that's not a ideal, uh, you know, you know, ride all day and then hop on a stage at night. By the time you get off the stage at night, well, you were beat. So, oh yeah. yeah. 
So it was a little different, uh, different path to take on that. Well, well, Adam, all right. You've been in Vegas then, uh, you said what, 2013, 2013, I arrived. How, how long have you been in the speaking industry? I actually became officially a stage speaker the year before that. Okay. Okay. Um, and then like, you know, you got into through over the years. All right. What was the topics? Where, where were you when you started as a speaker? What topics and where are you now? Let's see. I, my original topic was how to build your website on WordPress. Basically, Mm -hmm. uh, we've evolved pretty far beyond then. So my current topics are either on what's called the spring formula, which is captured in my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. And the purpose of the spring formula is really to help you embrace the power of language to make big change, to make big impacts through small changes in your verbiage Mm -hmm. and to achieve maximum results through minimalism and essentialism. It's all about getting the entrepreneur past that plateau that they get stuck on sometimes, whether it's the same problem and never goes away, never breaking out of the same level of profitability or lack thereof or what have you, so that they don't feel like they're stuck in that movie Groundhog Day except in hell. Yeah. The other thing that I speak on is the reach system. Mm-hmm. And that uh, and that is the formula that I've developed that we use to work with entrepreneurs to create and launch their podcast as their key networking, client mm-hmm. attraction, and celebrity expert branding tool. Cool, cool. So, I mean, and what made you twist to that? I know I, I you know, when I started, I started out with a blog and eventually started speaking on blogging. And now, <laughs> oops, yeah. And now that was I'm, my that, that was my supervisor, Princess Alessandra. Uh, she was yeah. on camera a minute ago. Sometimes she gets a little out of hand. The uh, beautiful thing about podcasting is it's meta marketing. You just keep going. Yep, you did that's, that's right. So I and I don't edit my podcasts. <laughs> Good. In fact, in fact, we teach people that yep. what you do is you optimize as much as you can before you turn the camera on. One of the things we teach in our system is what I call the Clint Eastwood director style. What's unique about how Clint Eastwood directs movies is he does most of the scenes in one take, sometimes two, but usually one take. He puts the energy into the preparation Mm -hmm. so that the product that comes out once they roll the cameras is most likely to be what he's looking for. He also doesn't fuss over little insignificant things. He's looking for the main energy, the main message, the main script to come out. As long as you get it, it's good. It goes in a can. So he does it because he wants to create a sense with the people involved in the production that there is inertia moving it forward. How debilitating is it to spend the entire day filming the same scene 175 times versus how exhilarating is it to go through a day and come out of it saying, hey, we got 14 scenes done. Uh, yeah, I like to do mine one time, so I get it. Yeah. So, uh, and and well, that, that you know that's why I created this format exactly, Adam. Is I really I'm having a one-on-one conversation with you. Yeah. Now, you know what I mean? And, and you've probably been on those podcasts. You probably seen them, and all the people they probably come to you and say, "Fix this." Is they are reading the same question that was asked to them on the podcast before that. It's like Perv Hadley from. From uh, from <laughs> recreation, it's like I am reading from a script, and you can tell it. Yeah, I've 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 had a, a few had a few of those before. In fact, in our system, we actually have a process that helps 
hosts break free of that because I've had some of those where I could tell that my guest was reading from a script yeah. from the shows that I host where I'd ask a question and they mm-hmm. would say, that's a great question, Adam. Thank you for asking. And the answer to that question is, and so yeah. then I ask the next question. That's another great one. And I get this one all the time. So here are my thoughts on this. And you could tell they were reading from a script. Yeah. I'll give your listeners a little nugget of wisdom right now, if you'll allow me. Go ahead. The way to help them out of that is to simply ask questions about whatever they just said. It's their story. They are probably more familiar with that. And if they're reading off a script, what that probably means, and I say this from compassion, is they are just not yet at the level where their message that they bring to their community market and audience has been internalized within themselves. And by helping them and giving them the space to read from the script and then also helping them by help by giving them ways to speak extemporaneously, you're actually assisting in their growth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and and uh, I remember the first uh, the first podcast I was ever interviewed on. Uh, uh, the the you know a set of twin uh, twins from California actually interviewed mm-hmm. me, and they asked me, "Well, so what are the questions you want to ask?" I'm like, "Huh? Like <laughs> what?" <laughs> I didn't understand the concept. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're going to ask me questions. So, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't really understand that that's the way a lot of podcasts are done. Right. That's, that's, how my, that's how my business creators radio show is done. Uh, I have the guests submit their suggested interview questions. Yeah. We may do them in order. We may mix and match. We may start with that outline and then find that the conversation goes naturally in a different direction. Yeah. But either way, what the questions really do for me is I get so many applications all the time. And at this point, there are so many more guests than there are active shows and spots to fill yeah. that I, I am not going to spend an hour researching each guest. If you showed up tomorrow and you applied to be on my show, I'm going to assume that because you applied, you're a good guest. Yeah. What I need to know is what's going to make you an interesting guest. I can take a look at your suggested interview questions. I see your talking points right there. Yeah. I can make a go, no go based on that within five seconds. So with our reachers and we help them design their one sheets, we help them make the questions interesting and thought provoking mm. because the real audience for that is usually either the host or the producer making a decision whether to interview them in the first place. Wow. Uh, yeah. For me, I look at a lot of <laughs> stories too, to see whether they're story. It's like I, the, big, yeah. the biggest thing I look at and tell me, I mean, you probably have this too, is the about me page. I want to yeah. see the About Me page on your website. I I have one of the most unique ones out there. Oh, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. Not um, Tom Petty. Yeah, well, yeah, the Not Tom Petty is one of them, but I have the other About Me page that basically is a sales letter. Yeah. And everybody's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I found someone else who had the formula, and I took the formula and put my words into it. That's it. Right. It wasn't hard. but There's not much new under the sun. Yeah, it's 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 just being unique and standing out. And interesting enough, Adam, you've seen the not Tom Petty thing. For the longest time, I had long hair. Yeah. During the pandemic, I'm like, you know what? And I remember sitting with my coach and going, I, I, I feel like I'm a gimmick. I don't. That's want to be how a I. Anymore. That's how I know I know you from somewhere, but I just can't yeah. place it because I remember a guy whose last name was Gillette that stood out, yeah. and he had long hair. Yeah. 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 Um, and. But I mean, I felt like a gimmick doing it, and I wanted it yeah. out of. I wanted out of the gimmick, so my my. Mm-hmm. My coach said, we put it up to a PR event, all right, made a publicity stunt out of it, uh-huh. and uh, and did it. And he's like, we'll see what happens. If worse happens, it'll take you a year and a half to grow it back, right? Right. <laughs> two years now. I'm, I'm Yeah, this may will be two years that I cut my hair mm-hmm. off. And everybody's like, I still have people 
Um, as a matter of fact, I had somebody the night before Thanksgiving that I knew in the Dallas area. He's uh, from, from, from the music industry that yeah. I ran into him. He's a lead singer of a band and I run into him and he goes, Tim, you cut your hair. Right? He'd not seen me in person <laughs> in almost two years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it blew his mind anyway. So uh, that's like unique. I didn't want to be a gimmick anymore. How many times do you get people coming to be on your show that they're a gimmick? And you can tell they're a gimmick from a while off. These guys got no substance. It's a face facade gimmick. And right. as soon as you pull that off, you got to ask them the questions because they don't know it outside of that. Right, right. I mean, there's a, yeah, if you want to start with something and we'll use the word gimmick for lack of a better word, yeah. that's a great way to stand out from the sea of other folks because it's, it's also my contention that... There really is not a lot new under the sun. Yeah. This is why I'll get up on stages or I'll go on podcasts or webinars. And at some point in the conversation, we may get to the point where I say, you know, and you, you may have this one thing in your business. And if you have it right now, you don't need it. You don't want it. You should get rid of it. And that is traffic to your website. If you have traffic to your website, throw it out. Don't go for it. You don't want it. You don't need it. Now, people look at that and they say, what? Did he just say the world is flat? So you may be thinking, gimmick. Yeah. Well, I take that and I develop that further. So I say, let's look at that phrase, traffic to your website. Traffic. For the sake of brevity, I'll just say that's why I live the laptop lifestyle. Website. What is a website? Is that a podcast site? Of Is that a sales letter? Is that a homepage? Is that an about page? Is that your legal terms page? Is that your products page? All those things can be websites. And a website can contain all of those things. So rather than a traffic to your website, we urge you to attract visitors to your web pages who conform with the three P's of website conversions, pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. Yeah. So you see what I did there is I simply took a term that everybody is using. Mm -hmm. I renamed it. And I create a brief description that adds the value of why we're having the conversation about the renaming. Yeah. So it's on the surface, it's a gimmick. It's an attention getter. And then I take it and I turn it into a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. I also highlight Chuck Norris, who's created his own brand of martial arts. It's actually simply his adaptation of a couple other schools of martial arts. In fact, for many years, there was not a thing original about it. And even... You know, through practice, he's developed a few of his own moves and techniques that he's integrated into his own style of martial arts. But the bottom line is, he hasn't really innovated a whole lot in the area of martial arts. What makes his brand of martial arts special is it's his. That's it. So yeah, and so and so this is where we have the sort of that fine line: is it a gimmick or is it a differentiator? Mm -hmm. And I think when you differentiate. It's when you take something that already exists and you add your own spin to it. Like mm -hmm. I did with the visitors to your webpage thing and the Chuck Norris has done over the years by creating a few of his own moves. I mean, we all know that uh, one of his moves is the roundhouse kick. Yeah. So he took other schools of martial arts and he put them together and then he developed techniques and involved the roundhouse kick. So that's what he's known for. That's what makes his special. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's unique that you say that because it, that was one of the key things that I, that was the, 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 the original driving factor I had in building what I did was having Zig Ziglar say, Tim, you just need to be you don't be, Zig. Yeah. don't be, uh, be you. And that's where, when I cut my hair off, I realized you is a fluid subject. 
Yes. It is not a constant. So like I, and I'm a, I'm an outline guy. All right. This is the outline for my show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an outline I, I do guy. The same, I do the same thing by live streams in my Facebook group. Yeah. But, but, you know, but, but there's a conversation part of it. That's not outlined. You right. Can't, you know what I mean, so like there's part of it. You've got to let there's part of it. You got to let mm -hmm. flow. Cause if you don't, your business isn't going to flow as soon as that pipeline dries up, your business dries up. And that's where most right. people get caught up in is they get so structured in everything that they structure it down to the pipeline. And as soon as that pipeline drives up, they've got no business again. Well, and, and you know, I, I see that crash and burn coming every time I accept a new connection on Facebook or LinkedIn. And the next thing you know, they're in my DMs 10 seconds later. Hey, how's things? Yeah. It's like, I already know where this is going. Yeah. If I make a connection on social media, if I am, if I am feeling I really want to connect with them like right now, my first move is going to be to do a little bit of research on them, find something interesting and say, hey, I, I, I saw this post uh, where you shared this stuff. I think this is really interesting. I have a podcast. This is something I think my listeners would like too. Would you like to be on? Yeah. So I'm not going to have all these blah, 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 small talk, chatter, weather, you know, coaching programs and all that. It's like, hey, come on my show. Let me feature you. Let me share you. Let me, yeah. let me, let me put the spotlight on you. Let me do something for you. So that's that's how I break free of that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, and if and and if, <laughs> and yeah, and if we're not and if we're not at the point where I'm quite seeing that yet, yeah. then you know you know what I'll do is I'll just uh, I'll check out their page and uh, I'll like a couple of things, put a couple of comments on it, not from three years ago because I don't want them to think I'm photo stalking or anything, but I'll just yeah, see like, Adam, I'll, just see, I'll just see a recent post or two and I'll like it and I'll comment on it, yeah. and that uh, and that just shows hey I checked you out hey I find this interesting. And it get, and it creates an opening for a conversation. It's in no way forced. Yeah, um, you know, and, and it's interesting you say that is because like one of the things that that I learned to do this is like networking. I don't like going to networking events. I don't know if you me neither person events. I hate it. My yeah. coach drags me to him because he moved to Dallas and now he goes to him. He's like, oh, Tim, you're going with me, right? And I'm like, oh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. So I, I whenever we go to them, I want I I hate it because basically everybody there is getting ready. They're not listening to you. They're getting ready to say what they've got to say. Yep. And then they don't listen until after their turn's gone. So I just, I did the same thing you do. I basically stand up and go, hey, listen, I'm Tim Gillette. I'm not here to, to market anything. I've got a podcast where I interview the coolest people on the planet. I want to find out about you and interview you on my podcast. If you want that, let me know afterwards and come see me. I'd love to interview you and, and, and share you out with my audience. I yeah. get cards out of everywhere. I got people I can choose from now, right? Yeah. But- that is so, I, I can't believe that that is so different that people have to come flocking to me and not everybody has not figured out in the room, stop going, me, 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 mm -hmm. you know? And what do they want? Yeah. Just give them what they want and find out if it goes to the next level. How you know, the people come to me and on here, Adam, and they, they, they'll come to this and be interviewed and then there'll be a speaker at my event. Funny yeah. how I can preview my speakers that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, well, here, and this is something I'm just thinking of here. And this is, and see, on my show, the Business Creators Radio Show, I position it so that our listeners feel like they're tuning into a private mastermind conversation yeah. between myself and my guests. And that's what I feel like is happening between you and me, where we're bouncing off of each other. Yes. And when one of us says something, it makes the other think of something like, oh, so I got one for you. And this is a, a two-parter, but I'll move quickly. 
I was a, at a networking reception. It was like the night before a two-day conference. I didn't want to be there. It was loud. It was noisy. The people I was supposed to meet there weren't there and uh, started running into the other attendees. And I started getting those, hey, hey, so what do you do? Questions like, you want to introduce yourself first? first? We're asking me what I do for a living. And after about the fourth or fifth one, now I don't know what rating your show is in terms of uh, N, you know, NSFW or all that. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say this obliquely. Uh, after about the fifth one, I was just so irritated and sorry I got there. But I said, "Does it effing matter what I do? Yeah. What does it effing matter?" And they said, "Oh, you know, that's an interesting thought. What does it really matter? Because I don't know you." Ah. Aha. And so that got the wheels turning. Yeah. And I tried this technique that I kind of developed on the fly as a result of that happening, where somebody asked me what I do, I turned the conversation around very subtly, but uh, very forcefully, so to speak, because I want to get them to tell me what they need, what yeah. they want, mm -hmm. because what I do doesn't matter until yeah. I know what Tim Gillette needs, what Tim Gillette right. wants. And then it's for me to be able to position what I do to meet your needs and wants if I am able, willing, or feel like doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's how I kind of roll on this. When I joined when I joined the Las Vegas Rotary Club, I, they gave me my first badge because you wear badges to the meetings. It said consultant because I didn't know because they, they you know they, you put your industry, not your business name, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to put, so I just said consultant. So this led to people showing up at the luncheons and say. All right, so uh, Alan, uh, oh Adam, uh, what kind of consulting do you do? And I, and what would I say? I'd say, what does it matter? And that would open up the similar conversation. Now that did get tiring. So after my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, came out, I had I paid the seventeen dollars to have a new badge made that said author slash speaker. Yeah. So now I still get those same approaches, but the approaches are now. Oh, you're an author. Well, what's your book? Hey, I'll tell you about my baby all day long. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, in fact, I invite that question. Yeah. I'll tell you stories from the book. I'll tell you why the book has that name. I'll tell you what results I've gotten as a result of publishing the book. I'm an open book when it comes to that. And I, and my sign-off line is, if you get a physical copy of it, bring it to me next time you see me. I'll autograph it for you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I love that because it's in a unique way. All right. You've opened the conversation. Another person we might know together, you know, Bob Donnell? No, that's not ringing a bell for me. Okay. Bob Donnell, he's, he's Orange County, California, and he okay. has a thing next level, uh, next level by association. And okay. Bob is one of the, one of the programs he does is called Connectology, is getting people yeah. to connect, right? Right. And he gets people come up and will say that, uh, you know what I mean? So what do you do? And Bob goes, I teach people how not to have what do you do for a living as an opening question? Ooh, now I got to look this guy up. I like I that. You, I think you and Bob will get along yeah. when you meet him. I love Bob because not only has he been a great friend and teacher with his stuff, all right, he's been someone that that he's he's a very passionate person about connecting and yeah. helping people. And like he's seen that I was going through something on social media, picks up the phone one day and just calls, hey, Tim. Just, uh, you know, just Bob Donnell here, and I'm just checking on you. I want to see how you're doing. I said, well, I'm sitting in the truck. He says, well, can we take five minutes to talk real quick? And he has a relationship with me that even though I don't see him every day, he asked permission, can we talk? And then he hit me with the question because he knew by reading my posts and reading what I'm going through 
what he needed to ask me to make sure I was yeah. all right. Uh-huh. That's yeah, yeah. And, that, and that is that, that is right. Yeah, I love that. And and the whole asking permission thing. Um, yeah. I'm not yet a father. Uh, yeah. It may happen at some point, but I do have a lot of people my age who have kids at various ages. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a whole lot of this thing about teaching children about boundaries, consent, and sovereignty mm-hmm. by enforcing an atmosphere where their grandma can't just run up and hug them. She's got to ask permission and vice versa. He's got to ask permission to hug his grandma. The idea being that rather than forcing interactions on people that they may or may not be comfortable with or eager to receive in that moment, and instead making it a permission-based thing, it helps people claim their sovereignty, Mm -hmm. which actually makes interactions with people better when you think about it. Because if you feel like you're you're making contact with somebody, you're having a conversation with someone, and maybe you're just not feeling it that day, but now you're obligated to do it. Well, is that you basically being forced to to suppress your own feelings for somebody else's pleasure? Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound good. No. So when I heard your friend say, hey, hey, um, I, hey, uh, I, th- I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but it's like, hey, I have something I want to ask you. Uh, can, I, can I ask you a question or something like that? I really latched on to that because I think it's just great, especially when you're asking for a specific amount of somebody's time or you don't know where they are, meaning up yeah. here in that moment. Yeah. Well, that, the other thing, too, is because he wasn't asking that to sell me. He was asking that because he knew it was going to be a sensitive subject. Yeah. And he was getting permission to approach the sensitive subject. And that's I love another that. thing we don't have is some things as, as coaches, sometimes we forget that that sometimes these people aren't ready to share with us. All right. In this right. case here, he's not my coach. He's a friend who just happened to realize as a friend that I might need him and his specialty in business. Right. So he picks up the phone and gets permission. Didn't say, okay, I got your permission. Can I get your credit card number? We can take this on. No, <laughs> it's my permission to then ask the questions. Wasn't worried about the dollar amount. Wasn't at all. He just knew I can help this friend. Let me call and help this friend. Yeah. So much. I think we're missing that. We, you and I are talking about the network. I think so many people are missing that in today's society uh-huh. because we aren't trying to help. We're trying to get the credit card number. Well, yeah. And, you, and your net and your network is your net worth. So let me develop that one step further. You, I've said things like you just said right now, and I've gotten pushback like, yeah, but how am I taking a stand for them by not helping them invest today? All right. So if that's your concern, that may be because you know that you only have a couple of these conversations even available to you at this moment. Yeah. And you know, if you don't close those, you're going to have a financial problem. However, if you have a lot of these ongoing conversations, something could hit at any time. When I first launched the podcast reach system, I had uh, a few people bubble up right away and they looked like they were going to be hot prospects. And you know what I got when I made the offer? No, 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 no. So I looked back at that and I realized two things. Number one, my avatar was off. So I wasn't having the right conversations with the right people. Fix that. Yeah. And then I also recognized that some of those no's, in fact, three of those no's specifically have since become yeses. And yes. become clients. Mm-hmm. No in business 
oftentimes means not now. If you want it to be a firm, hard, permanent no, push the issue. If you want it to be a not right now, keep the conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a lot of those going, just by the numbers, they'll start hitting for you. So I went from no, 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 no. And then it turned into no, yes, yes, not now, see in a month, yes, no, we'll do it in January, yes. And that's what my life looks like now, and that's much better. Yeah, because now it's like, you know, like I said, I, I've got a, a, a list of people I can pull. I mean, you could probably, when you signed up with my process, how long mm-hmm. did the date come before you were on the show? All right. Not not very long. Yeah, I have, uh, generally, I'm, I'm booking now into January, right? It's yeah. Like, that's when you actually build that, you know, that, um, that, that mindset. All right. And open yourself up to the uh, plenty as opposed to the limited. All right. You now have more than you need. All right. And that's, that's yes. just to always be that way. So, yeah. Um, well, you know, Adam, I mean, you've kind of mentioned it on and off. All right. The, you know, when you talk about this reach system, give us a, can you give us a brief description of what it is that, that the reach system is and how you're using it to help people right now? Okay, the the reach system, particularly the podcast reach system, Mm -hmm. is my formula based on years of experience doing this hands-on for myself and with some of our clients in my other business of launching your podcast as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, as somebody who wants to create a message Mm -hmm. and use it as your key networking, client attraction, and celebrity expert branding tool. We've tested so many different formulas. We've tried so many different things. And I have sifted through all that. I've done the testing. I've done the experimentation. I've seen where some of the pitfalls are. And I developed an eight-part system. And then, uh, don't be intimidated, that because it's actually easy and mostly fun. And when you invest in our elite levels, you get a good bit of it done for you. And, uh, and the idea is you come out of it with a podcast that hits the marketplace with usually eight to 10 episodes live on day one. Mm-hmm. It has a system in place where you create the buzz around that immediately to get people excited. It gets you into a process that is driven by stick-to-itiveness and alignment with your business goals so you continue to grow it over time. And the best part of it is, is you don't have to worry about listeners and downloads. Mm-hmm. Let me develop that one a little bit further because I get those questions all the time. Well, why would I, why would I start a podcast? Who's going to listen to that? Where am I going to find listeners and downloads? Let me do a little shift for you, if I may. If you're treating listeners and downloads as the goal, you're less likely to get there versus if you treat listeners and downloads as the result of pursuing your goals. Mm -hmm. When you make your interviews with your guests something that the guest really enjoys and is excited to share with the world, they will share it. They'll become your advocate. They will urge their audience to tune in. So that's more listeners, more downloads. When your topics are interesting, when they know that tuning into your show is not going to be a rote Q&A, but you're going to have some fun with it, more listeners, more downloads. Yes. When you run it through your own website, rather than relying exclusively on a third-party platform where you can search engine optimize and search engine market till the cows come home and go out again the way you need to to capture what you're looking for, that's more listeners, more downloads both the human and the algorithmic kind. So you do all these things, you pursue all these goals, you achieve the goals, and the result will be exponentially increasing listeners and downloads over time. I also want to break that paradigm just ever so slightly 
and define what a download is. A download means somebody clicked on a link. Yeah. It does not mean they ever clicked play. Yeah. So that's a vanity metric as far as I'm concerned. I furthermore say that, let me ask you this question, Tim. Um, and I know that you are, uh, you're somebody who cares. You're somebody who is of service to your community market and audience. Mm -hmm. Right now, you and I having this conversation, who would you say is your most important listener? Uh, probably my mom. Okay, I know you had to say that because she's probably tuning in. I'm sure, and I can tell by her son, she's a wonderful woman. Um, but aside from your mom, who's your most important listener? Probably my guest. Me, yes, exactly. I'm your most important listener because other than your efforts, I'm the one that decides how much this sees the light of day. Yeah. I'm the one that you are guaranteed to have tuned in the entire time. Yep. I'm the one that you're guaranteed to have an opportunity to speak with outside of the official interview where we're live or you're doing the recording. Mm -hmm. So you may have others, but I'm the one who's guaranteed. I'm the one you got. Yeah. And when you look at this, again, key networking, client attraction, celebrity expert branding tool, it's using the first piece of that, the networking. And when you network, you're more likely to attract the clients because you increase the chance that your guest could become your client or could introduce you to your next client or could build a bridge that or build a bridge over a degree of separation that currently stands between you and your next clients. Mm -hmm. So when you take that focus, that is to me one of the key ways you monetize your podcast. Cool. Cool. So well, great information there. What is the best way then that people can best website, people can reach out to you and find out more? I would encourage people to go to www.thereachsystem.com. That, 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 that website is about uh, the entire reach system, particularly the podcast reach system. We have some great resources that will help you discover more about the thought process behind this and how it works. And, I, and I'm just going to put it out there because they will see it when they go there. You'll have the opportunity to set up a quick 20-minute call with me to answer any unique bespoke questions that you as a listener may have. Uh, the initial call is free. The possibilities are endless. When you, uh, when you fill it out, just mention somewhere that you heard me on the Tom, on the, uh, Tim Gillette show. The Tom Petty show. Yeah. I knew you were going to say the that. I, and you know what, you know what, that was actually an unforced error, but I wish I had thought of it consciously because that is actually a pretty good one. Oh, anyway. but, but, but what it also shows is that the whole not Tom Petty thing has become so embedded that I subconsciously said Tom, even though I was literally looking at the screen in StreamYard right now at your logo that says Tim. Yeah, I know. Uh, and it's funny because, yeah, that, that Tom Petty thing really mm -hmm. was, uh, it was a good couple of years of fun, just saying. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, Adam, it's been great having you on the show today. All right. And it's great getting to know you and, and have you as a guest. Before you go, though, I've got to play my game with you, man. All right. I love it. Let's do it. All right. We've got seven envelopes. You get to pick three envelopes, and then we're going to ask you the questions out of those envelopes. Number one through seven. Pick three. Okay. Alessandra, what numbers am I picking? Okay. My cat says two, four, and six. Two, four, six. These ones go over there. So now we get to open the envelopes and find out what questions we get to ask Adam today. Number two envelope. Ooh, okay. Bring it on, man. If I can only get the envelope to open. 
Who, number one, who uh, was the greatest NFL quarterback of all time, Joe Montana or Tom Brady? Tom Brady by the numbers. Okay. Although, although I'll point out that my uncle and Joe Montana were friends growing up. And they Joe played Montana football together. came from the same part of the country you did. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I've heard some Joe Montana stories. So have I. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two, which is more scarier to you, snakes or spiders? Snakes. Snakes. I can't, I can't stand snakes. Yeah. I've, now, I've not, I, I don't mind snakes. I, I grew up in a rural area, so I tried to have a simple understanding with the snakes, which is 95% of this land is undeveloped. You keep that. The 5% that I mow with the, with the lawnmower, I intend to be for the humans. Stay off that, and we're yeah. cold. So it's funny because my childhood friend, uh, his name was Tim. Uh, we were going to get firewood for his dad when we were yeah. kids. And I remember he drove the tractor to pull the trailer back. And I rode the pickup with his dad. And we seen a snake on the side of the road. And his dad got the gun out, shot the snake, threw it in the box, threw it in the back of the bed of the truck. And my friend Tim had the skin for years. He still has the rattle, but he had the skin wow. for years. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. That's interesting. Yeah. So question number three, this is kind of one of those weird ones we threw in there. And, and I, I, it's, I don't know. I love man. weird. I love yeah. weird. Let's do it. Staple or paperclip? Which do you use to hold your papers together? Staples. Yeah. It's because, Staples. because, it's because, yeah, it's because I'm supervised by my feline office managers. Yeah. And they will take the paper clips and run with them. The staples yep. they cannot get. I mean, you've already you've already seen my one supervisor, Princess yeah. Alessandra Francesca. She's attacked my webcam. She's attacked me. She's jumped up and down like three times. And I don't even pretend like I can try and stop that. I just integrate her into into what I do. Ah, uh, this is why I don't have pets anymore. Because yeah, my <laughs> cat came up and knocked my computer over a couple months ago. Uh -huh. and I had to buy a brand new computer. Wow, that's pretty dramatic. What I've what yeah. I've learned about what I've learned about Alessandra in particular is somehow she knows the button to push that can cause the maximum amount of disruption. Yeah. Like if I were to find that one button, I'd push it. It might just type a letter. But if she pushes it, all hell breaks loose. So yeah. she has a certain magical power that I wish she could use give to me at some point. Maybe I could uh, utilize it for good. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next envelope. Envelope number four. Okay. Question number one is, who was the better lead singer of Van Halen, David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? I'm going to go with Sammy Hagar. Okay. That's it. Interview over. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. We'll be clear. I liked Eddie Van Halen, too. I just... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And, Can you tell I mean, I'm an Eddie Van Halen fan? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's sort of like one of those hairline decisions it's like who was the best who was like who's the best lead singer of chicago they had at least three yeah. uh but actually i think they had four if i remember correctly uh i mean in that case it's pretty easy peter satara but i know that there are fans of the other ones as well but i think they're all good yeah um next one here i mean this is kind of unique because i know the part of the country you grew up in and you may have an opinion on this one best coffee dunkin donuts or starbucks I don't drink coffee. I'm sorry. But if I were to pick between those two establishments, I'm going to go with Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Yeah. Again, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> um, question number three, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. 
Yeah, I figured you for a Trekkie. I don't know why. Yeah. I just figured you. Kirk or Picard? Kirk. <laughs> I'm sorry. Love the original series. Picard was a better leader, my opinion. Yeah. So, all right. Number six. Let's see what these all right. questions are. Okay, here. maybe we'll do a little bit better on this set. <laughs> maybe. Well. Oh, this is the good one. In your right. house, does the toilet paper go over on the roll or under? Over, like the patent says it's supposed to. Mine used to sit on the back of the toilet. When my kids come over for Thanksgiving, they put it on the roll. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't care. <laughs> uh, question number two, beer or wine? Wine. Wine? A red person or a white person? Red. You like All right. So have you tasted like different places around the country? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I do a, a Monday night podcast with a friend on alcoholic beverages and food pairing, and we're doing okay. wines next week. But uh, at Red Wines, I, out of South New Mexico, there is a winery called St. Clair, or I mean, I think they've changed the name of it now, but they make, and there's a couple of them in, in New Mexico make this, with Hatch Chili in a red wine. Wow. Check it out, my friend. You taste that, it? That's a, that sounds intriguing. It's a... It's just that little bite that makes it go, ooh, that's good. Yeah. I want more. yeah. So um, question number three, our last one here, Superman or Batman? I'm going to go with Superman. Yeah, we got more Superman fans. And, that, and, that, and, that, and that's another one of those hairline decisions because I am a fan of the works of Batman as well. You know, it's 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 like it's like a favorite. Well, see, 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 the other thing is when you have black cats, I mean, you think Batman almost. Yeah. Just by the you know the shape of the head and everything else. See, this is Alessandra. She's the one that's been causing all the uh all ruckus the here. Yeah. yeah, and she and she's purring like a diesel engine right now. It's a good girl. Okay, get down, get down. Let dad finish the interview. All right. All right. Uh well, Adam, uh, again, I want to thank you for coming in and being a guest today, taking time out of your schedule to share with my audience. All right. I want one more time for you to tell the website so that they can come out and connect with you again. www.thereachsystem.com. There's lots of fun to be had there. And if you decide to use that website to connect with me directly, make sure you mention you heard me on the Tim Gillette show. So I can say, oh, it worked. Yeah. Oh, my God. First, the, first, the first opportunity is absolutely free. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, I love that. So, well, Adam, I, again, I thank you for being on. You came on here. All right. And I appreciate you so much, man. I'm glad I got to know you. And uh, same here. Cool, cool. Uh, to you guys, the audience, I want to thank you for tuning in today. Go check out thereachsystem.com. Get to know Adam. All right. Maybe book an appointment with him and tell him you heard from me so that way he knows it was worth his time. Right? Right? That's how it works. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, guys, I will be back again with another guest real soon. Guys, have a great day and take care. Bye now. Mm -hmm.